Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is episode number 158 of Search News You Can Use, which you can find at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. Uh, you've probably noticed already that this sounds a little bit different than usual, and that's because I'm recording this from home. I've had a little bit of a bug this week, and so I'm doing my responsible duty and staying home, making sure I'm not going to make anybody else sick. Uh, I went and got a COVID test. I am negative. I'm not COVID, but still, just feeling not 100% this week. I still wanted to get this podcast episode out, though, so hopefully you can understand that uh, the quality may not be what we're used to, but the, the, the content is going to be good. There's a lot of really interesting stuff that's going on with Google right now. Um, And so let's get right into it and start talking about this. I've heard a lot of people talking about a uh, potential update this week. Uh, November 4th was a day on which um, Barry Schwartz reported that something was going on potentially with the algorithms. A lot of the algo weather tools were uh, reporting that there was a lot of turbulence between kind of November 2nd to November 4th or 5th or so. And yes, it kind of looks like maybe something fluky happened with Google's algorithms, but it's also really important to note that there's some important stuff happening in the United States right now um, where a lot of our audience is in the United States and even if you're not in the United States, this election will impact search traffic around the world uh, for many, many different websites. So if your traffic has been uh, you know, up or down in the last week, in a way that's not normal, there's a good chance that this is just due to seasonality. Uh, well, maybe seasonality is not the right word, just due to current events. Um, for example, when we looked at, uh, we had a bunch of our clients that were up with hockey stick growth um, around that time. And, uh, really, really fantastic improvements that we'd certainly like to take credit for. Uh, But when you look at just which individual pages were seeing improvements, it was really obvious that for a subset of our clients, all of the pages that were improving were uh, pages that talked about interest rates and about borrowing. Um, And I'm not, you know, completely up to date with financial news, uh, but just a little bit of searching very quickly showed me that uh, interest rates in some areas have been at record lows uh, during this election or around the same time coinciding with the election. And so that's going to trigger more people to be searching. Uh, And so I would say that most of the turbulence that we saw in the last week, if if you saw changes November 2nd to 5th, now November 3rd was the uh, U.S. election, but around that time, uh, there's two things really that could impact traffic at this point. One is, like I talked about, just very specific searches of people searching for things that are coming up because of the change in uh, political events, the change in, in the climate around the world. So that's that's one possibility. The other possibility is that Google actually did make some changes to their algorithms in response to the different search patterns. And I don't think that this is specifically an update. I think that Google can do this. I think that their algorithms can recognize when lots of people are searching for a particular term uh, that maybe a, a term has suddenly become YMYL. Maybe it's something that 
requires a, a higher level of scrutiny. We talked about this initially uh, in March of this year when we went into lockdown or much of the world went into lockdown. And one of the things that we noticed was that uh, the SERPs changed dramatically for anybody who was trying to rank for something related to masks. In uh, the past, you know, a year ago, if you did a search for masks, you would probably find all sorts of stuff on Halloween masks or uh, face masks for, um, what do I want to say, like face protection, you know what I'm trying to say, for, for cleaning your face, that type of thing. Um, and obviously today when I say masks, I didn't have to say mask for coronavirus. You know, we know that the majority of people who are doing searches on masks want a different type of information. And that would move searches on masks from uh, maybe not necessarily YMYL, I mean, still YMYL because there's finance involved. You still need money to buy a Halloween mask. But much more important to people's health because now there's a medical aspect uh, to that term. And I think sometimes when we see a shift in rankings surrounding a change in like a major world event, uh, it's not that Google manually decided, oh, I want to change, we're going to change this algorithm to uh, feature more authoritative sites, which they can do that at times. But I think sometimes the algorithms just shift to recognize when a term starts to become a YMYL term uh, or when it's important for Google to be ranking uh, a website that has really good EAT for a term. So we didn't do extensive investigation into uh, this November 3rd or 4th update. Um, we'll be looking at it though. And I think in the weeks to come, if we see that some of the traffic patterns that uh, we saw, because there were, there were way more websites than usual in our pro portfolio that were affected. Uh, I would say we have more on the positive side than on the negative side, uh, but more than usual. Uh, and so I think really it's just the world is in a really odd place right now. Um, and that makes it very hard to analyze potential updates. So we're going to keep an eye on things. And if these changes seem to be sustained, then we'll do more uh, work into figuring out what actually changed at this time. Um, and is there something we can do to actually take advantage of this change? Um, so let's see here. Uh, I should mention, for those of you who are premium subscribers of our newsletter, uh, you can, we have a section in the premium section this week uh, that just explains very quickly how to determine uh, whether uh, just one particular page on your website is seeing spikes. I think most of you know this, uh, but I have had some people ask me this. So if you're kind of confused and you're trying to figure out, well, was it just one page that saw improvements or uh, or was hit or is it the, the whole site? I've given some very simple instructions in newsletter for that as well. And speaking of newsletter, most of you probably noticed and I mentioned it last week that we have a brand new website and things went really, really well uh, for the most part, other than newsletter logins. I know many of you had trouble logging in to your premium subscription last week and I apologize for that. I think we've had all these things fixed. If you're still having problems, uh, sometimes just refreshing your cache will make a difference. Uh, I think we had uh, a bunch of people had cached information that made login kind of uh, confusing. But, um, but yeah, so if you're having trouble logging, in. Uh, my team is more than happy to help you. You can reach out at help at mariehaines.com and uh, we'll help you get back in if you're struggling there. There was a really interesting video that came out this week, just a really short one about how Google's search quality raters work. There was nothing earth shattering in this, but uh, a few things that I wanted to share with you. I, actually, really one main thing that I pulled out of this short video. Um, 
they, they gave this graphic to show how search quality raters are essentially given two sets of search results. And, you know, I've mentioned this lots before that if a Google engineer comes up with code that will make, uh, that they believe will make the search results better, then what they do is they present quality raters with two sets of results. One is the search results as they are now with Google's current algorithm. And the second is what the results would look like with the new changes in place. And then what I thought was interesting is that the, the video said that the raters are told to click on every single result that they see on this page, both the new and the old uh, pages. And for every single uh, website that they go to, they need to uh, measure on a slider two different things. One is page quality and two is needs met. I am continually messing up saying needs met. You know at some point in this podcast, I'm going to say needs net. Just make fun of me for it now. Needs net. It, it, I say it all the time. Um, but really, needs met. And this has been the biggest change that we noticed in the change to the quality raters guidelines, which I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, was that they put greater emphasis on the quality raters understanding whether a searcher's needs have been met. So this is something we need to pay close attention to. And I've been going back and looking at a number of clients that came to us after being hit with the May 4th update last year. And also the November 8th update uh, prior to, so basically a year ago. Um, and I actually think that uh, Google is doing a much better job at determining what is the intent of people that come to these pages. And how, uh, you know, do should we be ranking this page? Um, I was reviewing a site just yesterday that had a page that was ranking for many, many terms. I, I can't really give you this niche, but imagine it's something similar to payday loans. And they had a page that was ranking for many, many types, different types of payday loans. And again, I made up this example. Um, and that page ranked for many, many things. And then when we looked at when it dropped, so it dropped after May 4th, the terms that it dropped for were things like instant payday loans, uh, where can I get a payday loan online, things like that. Now this article that our client had ranked, it was basically a list of all these places you can get loans and, and uh, well, again, the example, loans, uh, and the pros and cons of each and, and things like that. Um, but I think that Google's algorithms figured out that when somebody searched for instant payday loans, they're not looking for a list. I mean, Google can provide them with a list. Why would they want to rank uh, a website that has a list when Google can already do that? But rather, the person, the intent behind that search was to actually find a place where they could apply right now for a payday loan. Now, those are things that are very, very tricky for a tool to pick up. Um, and so we've been really looking at, uh, can we look at keywords that either uh, lost rankings um, by a few positions, or in many cases, a lot of these keywords just stopped ranking altogether. It's very interesting when you look at the patterns where they ranked for years, and then after May 4th, they just sort of went away. <laughs> and, you know, they might sporadically pop up in the, in, in, on page two every now and then, um, but a lot of websites have lost queries around May 4th and also November 8th. Uh, and I think that the key is in answering whether uh, the page is actually meeting the needs of the searcher. So uh, I, I feel like that's kind of vague. It's still a lot, a lot of it's kind of vague in my head. You know, we're trying to create processes and, um, 
figure out how can we do a better job at determining exactly what issues Google had with a website when we see traffic drops. Um, and I think we should still pay attention to the second slider that I mentioned that the quality raters look at, and that's page quality. In my opinion, when uh, quality raters are looking at page quality, they're probably answering EAT-related issues. Uh, you know, and maybe some of that connects with needs met, but they're looking at, you know, is there, uh, maybe this is a page that has a medical uh, discussion and there's absolutely no scientific references. Um, you know, they said in their video last week that we talked about that even the Mayo Clinic does a good job at citing external sources. And so that could be a page quality metric that if you had a medical site that doesn't cite references, that that's a sign of low page quality. So we really think that most situations, what Google's trying to do here is determine, does this page have EAT to answer this query? And does this page actually have the information that's needed to answer a searcher's query? Um, and if you can kind of drill down on your pages and figure out, you know, oh, we, we, we actually used to rank for this term, but we don't actually solve the user's question, um, and then figure out how can you solve the user's question, a lot of websites can be seeing nice, nice improvements if we can, you know, if you can figure out how to do that. Um, I want to move on to talk about uh, a new sponsor that we have. So we're going to be sponsored for the next few weeks, maybe even a little bit longer, by Ahrefs. Ahrefs is a tool that many of you already use, and we have used it for many, many years. I first signed up for Ahrefs in 2012, so we were looking at eight years ago. So I've been using Ahrefs for eight years. And... Um, I legitimately use this tool every single day. So primarily what I use Ahrefs for is for backlink analysis. And there are many, many tools that do this, um, but I find, I've found over the years that Ahrefs, just the, the interface is more intuitive for me. Uh, when it comes to looking at a site's backlinks, that's the first place that I will go is to, to Ahrefs. We still look at, we still use many, many other tools for this, but uh, uh, when you want to get good backlink uh, information, I, I would say Ahrefs is really a great tool to use. Um, Ahrefs, uh, what we want to talk about this week, though, is Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. And I mentioned this uh, a few episodes ago, and it got a little bit of attention. Um, and it, just in case you missed that, I would like to just mention it again. In our newsletter, we've included a video on what Ahrefs Webmaster Tools is. And uh, it's the exciting news is that you can sign up for it for free, uh, which actually caused a little bit of controversy in the SEO community. Um, I may talk about that a little bit more in uh, future episodes. But at this point, I'd like to mention that um, you really should be using uh, something like this. If you're not using Ahrefs, you should be using some type of tool uh, to regularly crawl your website and let you know, uh, you know what types of issues are coming up on a week-to-week -week basis. So some of the things that you can do with Ahrefs Webmaster Tools include uh, you can schedule weekly audits for your site, and then the audits give you like loads of information on potential technical issues. But what I really like about what Ahrefs does is they have very clear information as to why 
this is a concern. Um, and so each thing that gets brought up, they explain, well, here's why this could be a concern and here's how you go about fixing it. Uh, and so that can be very, very helpful for a lot of people. Um, one of the things that I think does not get enough attention about HREFs is uh, the keyword ranking information. And we use this on a regular basis when we're looking at websites that uh, suffered during core algorithm update hits. Uh, and so I know this is a sponsored section and I want to kind of make this so this is not like, ooh, everybody just skip over it, she's doing an ad for HREFs. But rather, I really want to explain the good stuff here, that uh, the value that we got from and that we still continue to get from using the keyword ranking section in, uh, in hrefs. Um, one of the things that we'll do, so let's say I'm looking at a website that saw uh, a significant drop on May 4th uh, last year, May 4th uh, of this year, sorry, 2020. 2020 feels like it's already been 10 years long. Um, so May 4th of this year. Uh, one of the things that we'll do is look at what particular keywords lost rankings. Now you can do this in Search Console. But Ahrefs gives you a little bit more competitor data, which you're not going to find in Search Console. Uh, and so what we'll do is I'll look back to uh, May 4th, and often what we'll see is it gets reported in Ahrefs maybe the day after. Uh, so I'll look at the day following a, uh, an update as well. So May 4th and May 5th. And you can set sliders to show you, uh, I can say, I just want to see keywords that used to rank in position 0 to 10, so page 1 and now uh, rank lower. So basically I wanna see position keywords that were on page one that have um, either dropped a few positions or have gone to page two and beyond. And that's very, very easy to do with hrefs. And the very, very cool thing that you can do is like, let's say I've put in a keyword and I'm like, okay, my client was ranking say number two for this. I can see, ah, there's this line that shows me they've been ranking at number two for this for many, many months. That's important because when you look at keyword drops, it's not uncommon for a website to have a certain keyword that pops up and it ranks number one for like a day or two, and then it drops out again. I think Google often tests uh, websites for certain keywords uh, to see, are people going to click on this? Um, and that can really skew your data uh, because, you know, if you're treating this as a keyword that you ranked for and you lost rankings, that's not really the case. So we look at keywords where we go, yes, they've been ranking at this for a long period of time. And then after May 4th, you can see this chart that basically says, yes, they dropped down to this position. But what's even more interesting is you can see which websites uh, jumped up to claim the positions that were lost. Um, and often you can see really interesting stuff. I mean, when we first started talking about the June government update, uh, the, you know, and at that time we didn't know it was a government update. Uh, we named it that because what we saw in looking at this HREFs data was that, um, you know, so certain clients would drop for medical terms and in every case the FDA or uh, whitehouse.gov or you know some very authoritative website was the one that gained those rankings and that's very very easy to find on uh, href webmaster tools so we've got a little video and newsletter if you want to have more information on that and also a link to where you can sign up for this and again you can get it for free um, uh, anybody can. So I hope you take advantage of that. Um, and I, I, I'm eager to hear your feedback on us having sponsors in newsletter. I know last time we did this, we had uh, a few people complain uh, that we were just doing advertising. Uh, I think most of you recognize that 
Um, you know, we, I, I do this podcast completely for free, uh, and you know, we don't charge anything for you to listen to this podcast and we give away loads of information. Um, so if we can, uh, make some extra money by sharing about tools that we already use, uh, you know, that's something that we're going to do. So I'm, I, again, I'm going to try to do it in a way that's not like an ad that you have to <laughs> skip right over. Um, but, uh, but hopefully it's something that, uh, that you will enjoy. And I'm really looking forward in the weeks coming up to, uh, unpack more about Hrefs. Cause like I said, it's a tool I use a lot, but, uh, I think there's a lot more that I can learn about it as well. Um, Google announced a big announcement about Core Web Vitals. We've been talking about Core Web Vitals for quite a while, and when they first talked about Core Web Vitals, Google said, look, we're going to give you at least six months notice before this comes out. Well, they've done it. Uh, Core Web Vitals are officially going to be a ranking factor as of May 2021. Um, and it was interesting, the announcement that they made for this, because they said it, it's going to... Uh, go along with other page experience signals. Uh, and it was kind of a little bit vague. The announcement talked about how um, also in May 2021, content that's not AMP content will be eligible uh, for mobile top stories. And um, that's, that's interesting. Uh, you know, Google says that they are going to be prioritizing pages that provide a, quote, great page experience. So we don't know how big of a ranking factor this will be. Uh, Google also announced that they may be doing something visually in the SERPs uh, to demonstrate which pages actually have good web experience. And so just as a reminder, in case some of you are not up to date on what the core web vitals are, you're looking at things like the largest contentful paint, which is a mouthful that basically means um, the main chunk of content. How long does it take for that to appear uh, you know, before people can actually read that content? the first input delay uh, that's connected to that. The cumulative layout shift is talking about when uh, and when you go to a website and you go to tap on something on your phone and then everything shifts down and you accidentally tap on an ad. If you have those things in your website, those are gonna become significant. Well, we don't know if it's significant. They're gonna become a ranking factor in May of 2021. I say we don't know because, uh, you know, Google has told us about other things that they made great deal out of uh, them being ranking factors, such as uh, HTTPS being a ranking factor and, um, uh, you know, other uh, page speed also is a ranking factor, but they were very, very minor when they actually came out. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I think, I still think you'll be able to rank with CLS issues or any other type of core web vital issues. I mean, if there's some fantastic content that comes from a really authoritative website like the New York Times or, you know, something like that. I don't think Google's going to say, you know what, they have a, a, a little CLS shift issue here, so we're not going to rank them on page one. You know, like I, I, it, I think if you have massive authority, you're probably still going to be able to get away with things. But it will be interesting come next May to analyze what, uh, what's happening in the SERPs. If you haven't paid attention to core web vitals, it's worth looking at. Um, I have a couple of team members that are working hard on figuring out how we can give practical advice to our clients in this area. And we've been improving our knowledge on Core Web Vitals. So uh, we'll have lots of new stuff for you come uh, May when this, this becomes a real ranking factor. So Google announced also this week that Google Webmasters now has a new name. This came out right before I was about to record podcasts. So I'm going to give you 
the, what we know so far about this, it's probably not anything significant. Um, but Google tweeted that, uh, so we know like years ago, Webmaster Tools, they renamed to Google Search Console. Uh, and it took me legitimately three years. I predicted at the time that it would take me four years to stop calling uh, Google Webmaster Tools Google Search Console. And I actually made myself a calendar reminder four years down the road, <laughs> which uh, just came up uh, just a few months ago. And I realized, yeah, it was about a year ago that I stopped uh, calling Search Console, no, Webmaster Tools Search Console. Well, now Google Webmaster Central. So basically, the way I understand it is the place where you go for help with Google, where John Mueller's Hangouts come from, uh, where the help forms are and all that, is going to be called Google Search Central. <sighs> Which is really confusing because GSC means search, Google Search Console. And now GSC is going to mean Google Search Central as well. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try to explain this um, because I don't think it's relevant to us understanding Google. But just know if you're confused, you're not alone. Um, the other part about this announcement that I thought was really weird, and I'm probably reading way too much into this, was the blog post that Google uh, gave us was talking about having a new mascot to go along with Googlebot. We have a little 3D printed Googlebot in our office, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, it's a, just a little symbol to a mascot to, um, to think about Google <laughs> when we look at. Uh, but now there's going to be two mascots. So they basically said that there's Googlebot and Googlebot's going to be joined by a spider bot. And the combo of the two can now, quote, jump great distances and seize best when surrounded by green light. What on earth is Google talking about? They linked to uh, a Wikipedia article on a particular type of spider. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Phidippus. Phidippus. See, this it's all sounding rather ridiculous to me. Um, and this spider has bot-like characteristics, apparently, because it can jump great distances and sees best when surrounded by green light. You know what? I think Google actually threw this in just to, just to see if we uh, try to make something out of it. I tweeted about it, that it was cryptic, and then John Mueller liked my tweet, and then we were like, ooh, if John likes it, does that mean there's actually something in it? I'm going to move on from now. Um, but if you have any insight, I, I actually think that what they're talking about here sees best when surrounded by a green light is the core web vitals. You know, when they, when they show us uh, core web vitals, they give you basically a green, yellow, or red, red meaning that you have issues. Um, that's probably what they're talking about there. There, there you go, I've solved it, uh, right as I recorded podcast. <laughs> Um, let's see, they also did a really good search off the record episode. I actually did not catch this episode this week. One of the problems for me working from home is that it's very hard for me to multitask. I have such bad internet uh, that I can't be watching videos while I'm writing stuff, which is usually what's happening. But my team watched this and there's good information here on um, how Google goes about deduplicating pages and how that's not the same thing as canonicalization. Um, so when Google sees two pages that they're trying to figure out, you know, are these duplicates uh, and who is the page that should be the canonical, there's a great number of signals that go into that. I, I know somebody was tweeting about a situation where um, a scraper site was outranking their current content and somebody said, well, the scraper site has higher domain authority again, a Moz metric, uh, but should be similar to PageRank, not always the case, but should be. 
Um, and so they assume that you know any site that has d higher domain authority would automatically outrank you for your own content. It's way more complicated than that, as far as I understand. Um, Google uses signals like they use the content, they do use page rank, they use whether you're HTTPS, they use your sitemap, and they use like all sorts of different things to try and figure out who is the originator of this content. If you have content that, and you take words from that content and you search for it in quotes on Google, if you find that other sites that have copied your content are outranking you, then this is probably an issue on your side and not a problem with Google's. And I know some of you are saying, but wait, like Google should be able to figure out that this crappy website just stole my content. Um, but if, if they're ranking your site lower, it probably means that there's quality issues with your website. Uh, and in most cases, when we see this happening, our reports for these clients are massive. We can go through and say, look, you're struggling in EAT in this aspect. You're lacking these trust aspects. You've got all these technical issues. Um, and then, you know, when we can fix those, and we have had some cases, it's challenging because websites that are severely lacking in EAT, that's not something that you can just magically manufacture. Um, but some websites that do recover, you can get back to the point where Google recognizes that, yes, we want to rank you for your own content. Uh, it's a very interesting problem. We're seeing more and more problems now with um, websites seeming to be not trusted by Google, uh, but just certain pages too. So hopefully I'll have more information on that for you in, uh, in the future. Um, and you know, to go along those lines too, uh, here's an interesting tidbit that Glenn Gabe uh, pulled out of a recent uh, help hangout. I have, I'm not up to date on the last couple of help hangouts. So, um, bear with me here as a, and thank you, Glenn, for staying up to date when I can't, uh, this was interesting. I'm going to read his tweet, which he's quoting from John Mueller in a recent help hangout, uh, hit by a broad core update via John Mueller. If the impact is so strong from the update, then it could be hard to reach your pre update levels until another update. You can't just tweak things and might need to reconsider overall what you're doing with the site. So that's important. You know, it's not like you can go, ah, we'll change our page titles and we're going to be okay. Or, you know, we make these tiny changes. The websites that we've seen make recoveries from massive broad core update hits, they generally need to make significant changes in business practices, in um, the quality of their content that they're putting out in a number of things. Um, and here's the part that I thought was interesting. Again, this is Glenn quoting John. Be super relevant for the queries you are targeting. Don't just match competitors. Make sure your site is the best possible result for the queries you are targeting. That's hard to do. It's involved and more than just uh, updating a few posts on your site. So um, we have seen this, and I was just talking about this, how uh, after core updates, you know, we used to see that a, a core update would hit a site almost um, the same across all pages. It was like core updates, you'd see a 30% drop or more or less across almost all pages of a website. And now what we're seeing is it's certain queries seem to be dropping more than others. Um, and Google is, is kind of, you know, we, we, when we look at these, uh, queries, we can look at our client and compare it to the three sites that are currently ranking and say, why would Google want to rank our client amongst these three sites? And then the question that always comes up is, well, why did our client actually rank amongst these top three sites uh, before this update happened? And we're starting 
to see now that Google is getting better at figuring out relevancy. Like before, other signals may have overridden relevancy. Um, in a lot of cases, we'd, we'd say, well, Google, uh, this particular page has links pointing to it uh, that probably aren't true recommendations. And we think that in a lot of cases, those would falsely prop up a page to make it rank better. So um, I know this kind of sounds a bit like gobbledygook. Uh, it, it will become more and more clear as we do more analysis with our added information that we have on DeepRank now and how um, Google is paying more attention to relevancy. So bear with me because uh, we're going to get to, I, I really think we're not far from getting to some very solid advice that we can use uh, to help sites improve um, with this with Google's new understanding of, of language. Uh, Glenn also tweeted some interesting stuff on YouTube. Uh, and uh, the importance of, um, let's see here, this was a, came from a video that YouTube put out and Glenn quotes, YouTube says external links are a signal its algorithm considers. So if your video starts getting more external traffic, it can certainly kick off the process of getting a video recommended. I know we don't talk a lot about YouTube rankings in this podcast. We, we really don't do, uh, MHC doesn't advise people on YouTube rankings, but it is something that I'm very interested in. I spend probably an unhealthy amount of time watching uh, Fortnite videos uh, and, and to see how the algorithm is promoting certain content creators is, is very, very interesting. And I mean, there's many, many things that go into YouTube's algorithms, uh, but it makes sense to me that links pointing to videos uh, can help them to rank better and to be recommended more often uh, to people. And that's very, very important because if you spend a lot of time going through YouTube, you know, your, your YouTube feed with recommended videos is where uh, your new subscribers are mostly going to come from. But the part that I thought was interesting was when the quote said, so if your video starts, it didn't say if your video starts getting more links, it said, if your video starts getting more external traffic, it can certainly kick off the process of getting a video recommended. It's not just links that matter. And I think this is important for organic search too, not just uh, for regular search, not just YouTube search, that um, links matter, but links that send traffic matter more. You know, I can hear the brains going on some of the black hats now that they're talking about, oh, let's get our click farms going and let's start sending fake traffic through these links. I feel like Google's probably good at figuring out, um, you know, when somebody's abusing that and when links are legitimate. Uh, but for those of you who are trying to rank YouTube content, you know, pay attention to your links and the quality of your links as well. Be interesting to see if, uh, hmm. I never thought about disavowing links to YouTube videos. That's something we should think about in the future probably. Um, in terms of local SEO, there is uh, some fluctuation around November 9th. That's just two days uh, prior to me recording this podcast, and so we didn't analyze it. We don't do a lot of analysis into local updates. Uh, we sort of look at the local SEO experts for that. It would not surprise me, even though this is a few days after the U.S. election happened, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if this fluctuation is due to changes seen. Um, how, I don't know how involved I want to make this theory here, uh, but I'm going to go on a tangent again. Um, I'm really concerned about, uh, I, I try to make this podcast not political, uh, but we know that Donald Trump um, asked people to vote in person and many of Trump's followers uh, voted in person without wearing masks. And um, I was really concerned that the coronavirus is really going to spread uh, much more. 
whether or not you believe it's serious, you know, it's spreading and the U.S. is seeing record numbers now of uh, people being hospitalized uh, more so than uh, in other months. And um, I think that that impacts local business as well. I think you're, you're going to see, I, I've seen it for some of my clients. I see some of their uh, reviews come in. We don't, we don't um, monitor local reviews for clients, but, uh, but I do see some of them come in and a lot of people are leaving angry reviews that are connected to whether the staff wore a mask <laughs> or, uh, you know, things that are connected to coronavirus and not necessarily a reflection on the quality of that business itself. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if that has impacted um, local rankings. We'll see. If it looks like there has been a, a, an algorithm update worthy of paying attention to, we may come back to that um, in the future. Uh, Google My Business is rolling out call tracking in some places. It's not available for most, and I think it's only in some parts of the United States, but uh, this sounds to me like something that uh, is very, very interesting. Uh, I know a lot of people use services like CallRail for call tracking, uh, and it sounds like Google My Business is going to start offering this via uh, Google My Business itself, so pay attention to that. I, I think it would be very interesting, especially as an SEO. It would be really nice to be able to say, um, you know, our work brought you this many phone calls this month. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think call tracking is a, a great idea. And it'll be interesting to see how Google My Business uh, handles this. Um, I wanted to mention as well that I've heard a number of complaints about people getting their Google My Business listing hijacked. Uh, this seems to be the latest spam thing that spammers are doing. Um, it's, it, it, there's a great increase in random users attempting to claim your business. So keep an eye on any emails that come from Google My Business. This really shouldn't be an issue if you're staying on top of the emails that come from Google My Business. Uh, but if you are sort of half paying attention to Google My Business, and you know, they send a lot of emails, so if you, it's possible that some of these can get ignored. You do not want somebody else to claim your business. This is very, very, very important. Um, I don't usually go over recommended reading in, uh, in the podcast, but in newsletter, we have some really great recommended reading. If you are a free subscriber to search news, you can use all of our recommended reading. Basically what we do is we go through the best, um, posts on SEO that we can find in the week. And then I have my team summarize them. The full summaries are only available to those who pay for the pod or for the newsletter. Uh, it's $18 a month. So it's, you know, it's not a, a, a huge investment. Um, those who pay for it will see these uh, these descriptions. And I'll tell you, I do this, uh, or we do this, because it forces my staff <laughs> to read um, all of these articles and uh, summarize them. And then it helps me to not have to read, uh, you know, 100 new SEO articles this week. Um, there's a really good article that I actually think I need to dig into. It's by Kevin Indig, uh, talking about how Google tests new content in the search results. Um, and here's a, a quote that um, one of my team wrote. It's says, as a new page is indexed, it ranks for many queries with low positions and then far fewer queries with better positions over time. Really interesting to see how, uh, how Kevin has tracked this. Um, once Google has determined that a page is valuable to rank for certain keywords, they may still test new keywords, but overall these changes become much less volatile. So 
you know, it's very interesting to see that, and I actually want to do some some research into this because we've been paying paying very close attention um, to uh, you know keyword rankings and how Google decides when to shift keyword rankings for a particular post. Uh, the other um, recommended reading, and and all of the recommended reading this week is really really good. Uh, but the one I wanted to point out was an article by Samuel Schmidt uh, that talks about topic clusters. Now Samuel uh, calls it that I think. We, this is very similar to what we would call a hub and spoke uh, um, um, organization, basically, of your content. Uh, but what they did was they took a very long form article and broke it up into different subcategories. Now, this is risky because I've seen people do this and you've created thin content. Um, so if you do this, you need to make sure that each of those subcategories has sufficient content to be able to write a thorough article on it. Uh, and what Samuel saw was that that uh, this was uh, apparently a thousand percent traffic growth. Now, I haven't seen these uh, the data to say what the before and after was, but um, you know, if you're thinking of uh, redoing your website, if you're interested in hub and spoke uh, topics, then I really would encourage you to give this article uh, a read. Um, I'm not gonna do a podcast Q&A today. We had some great questions submitted. Uh, I hope you'll understand that, like I said, I haven't been a hundred percent this week and uh, I, I, I'm gonna be looking forward to um, uh, kind of taking it easy for uh, as much as I can for the rest of the week. I will be spending most of my time still digging into the May 4th update. Gosh, from that long ago. And also, um, my work for this afternoon is to dig into one of our clients that has a November 8th drop from last year. Uh, now that we've got a little bit more information on BERT and DeepRank, I'm going to be spending some time looking at that in more detail as well. Um, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that in your part of the world, wherever you are, that you're healthy and that uh, people are just behaving okay. Um, it's been a very, very strange time in the world, but I'm thankful that, uh, you know, for the most part, we're doing really, really well. Um, I wish you the best of luck with rankings, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Mm -hmm.